0: And Welcome to episode 332 of Geek Time Radio. I am back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Lovely to have you back on. It's been a, a few weeks since you've, uh, you were on last... So what have you been up to and, uh, doing with your streaming and stuff?
1: Yeah, I've, I've finished replaying Tomb Raider 1. That only took me about six months. Um, <laughs> but I did insist on finding out if what every single ledge we could jump to was, finding every single <laughs> secret and uh, finding every single glitch seemed to be my, my <laughs> other hobby. The bit where I jumped onto a solid piece of rock and accidentally caught on fire was uh, was quite good. Nice. And um, I managed to be double murder Killed by a boss after I fell off a ledge, fell to my doom down about 50 stories worth of height into some lava, yet somehow also was caught by the boss by the foot and then smashed into the floor (laughs) while still on fire while the sound effects all fired for both potential deaths and I am yeah I I, I thought that was the universe telling me something Uh, I haven't figured out what yet (laughs) (laughs) so I've I've moved on to to replaying Tomb Raider 2 which is significantly more difficult than I remember it being yes it's been a long time since I played that oh my goodness the enemies have laser sharp accuracy from a vast distance with guns and take about 50 million bullets to to kill. Yeah, <laughs> really? Wow. I, I just keep sort of sort of running towards things, being shot, falling in the water, then also drowning. I'm just like, this is not the Venice holiday I wanted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Funny. Oh, yeah. I can't remember when I actually played that game. It's been a very, very long time. So, uh, I mean, yes. The problem I always have with the two Raider games was trying to go back, because I did try playing it more recently on a sort of modern computer, and just the controls killed me. So. <laughs> oh
1: oh yeah, we're spoiled nowadays of controls. Arrow keys, space is not jump, you know, alt control, delete, page down. The addition <laughs> of the Windows key to keyboards is what's getting me because I keep panic hitting the keys to shoot and hitting the Windows key, which obviously either crashes the game or brings up the Windows menu and puts yes. you out of the game, at which point I am then mauled to death by a very happy hungry tiger or something. That's <laughs> like, this is easier than I expected as I panic and shout at the keyboard. So yes, it's definitely pretty proving fun and I'm playing it on the original controls tank control style because I want the original experience um, catching <laughs> on fire accidentally and all and it's been it's been good I haven't played them since they came out so like 96, 97 right, so this, yeah. is, this is my first pl- replay through and I played them originally on the PlayStation not as a as a, as a Windows DOS game so it's proving doubly fun in that regard <laughs> um, slightly slightly more modern game for me though I've been playing Evil Genius too.
0: yes I've played through that too. I haven't been back on it in a little bit and I know they've had more DLC since uh, I probably last picked it up. So uh, how's that been going? They've got
1: like sharks and stuff now.
0: Excellent. There, there's an
1: Oceans DLC. There, there's a frosty, evil new, like like evil genius to play as. Ooh. And loads of like water and ice themed stuff. You can also get little space heaters to put in the layer. But I didn't do that because I thought anyone that signed up for working for me when I was made of ice kind of knew what they were getting into. So I just gave <laughs> them more lava point. lamps to give the illusion of heat without melting my base that seems absolutely fair yeah
0: i mean if you're gonna sign up as a minion what do you expect I know,
1: right? Yeah. You get a full healthcare package for the three weeks you live. And um, yes, <laughs> I just wanted, I want, I want laser sharks, you know, laser sharks and submarines and you just got it. So there's, yeah, there's new traps and there's new, all sorts of stuff now, which is really cool. So I got to dress up for anyone that saw my first evil genius stream. I dressed up and came up with my own evil genius character, <laughs> lab coat, spiky goggles, long sort of fake fingernail rings, all, all of that. Yeah. Proper evil laugh that completely ruins my voice for the next three days afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and um i came up with this character and and rebellion asked me to go and do that over on their channel so i played <laughs> the oceans dlc in character uh evil laugh and all for a couple of hours which was which was very good fun that's awesome have you got a name for your your evil trista she is called violent the n is silent <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good. Excellent.
1: Came up with the whole thing for that, which was very, very good fun. Uh, So yeah, I want to play some more of it. I I hadn't used the sandbox mode before either. And I think I might spend a lot of time just in the sandbox mode, just messing about. Yeah, yeah. Because I do like that. I find like with these games that I love it for the first so many hours. Then when you actually get into a sort of mid game, the game proper, where you have to just be actually, you know, being responsible and managing things rather than just putting like exploding traps and giant carnivorous plants to eat enemies on every corner. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I I tend to I, I just like being silly. I think that's yes. just long of the short of it. I just like making preposterous things. And the sandbox mode because it takes away the the money requirements and just lets you mess about. Yeah, that's proving quite fun. You can make entire like disco floored, laser walled corridors. You just like blow the entire budget just just on <laughs> ridiculous traps. So I'm. Um, I'm liking messing around in there, so I might do a little bit more of that.
0: Yeah, I do love some of the inventive traps they come up with in that game, like things like the disco floor, which sort of, you know, they walk onto it and then suddenly are forced to dance themselves to death. Yeah, basically.
1: Yeah, but then you punching bag them, like with a fist thing, punching bag them off. Yes. And then you have some of those like ricocheting pinball things. Yeah. And then you put like a little sharp pit or something. Yeah. So you can you can really get an, a beautiful flow down the corridor with <laughs> by linking all all of these traps together and uh, yeah. that, that's that's basically it's like when I used to play theme park because right? yeah. I used to play theme park and all I did was build these preposterous rides where the roller coasters didn't have a proper end and they sort of yeeted you off the end and landed you on a bouncy castle if you were lucky Awesome. I mean this is why I'm not allowed to be in charge of any theme parks <laughs> hospitals uh, evil layers or, or anything else quite frankly
0: yes I love the humour in that game it's so well thought through just the, the different versions of the traps and stuff and, and being able to set up the corridors to kind of kill the agents. And I, it, it's such a fun game and so inventive. I really, really like Evil Genius. I love the original, but um mm. that is sort of showing its age at this point. So the second one, I, I think has been a wonderful, wonderful update.
1: Yeah, people have been telling me to play it since the original. I think They just took one look at me and went, do you know what you need? An evil lair. And I thought, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. You know me well. Absolutely. <laughs> yes <laughs> so anything else you would be doing I watched the Black Widow movie oh yes what mm. did you think yes mm. well hmm I think my, my best review is just meh <laughs> like it had some good bits in it but I felt it was tonally kind of all over the place mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok was tonally massively all over the place it went from Guardians of the Galaxy to a serious Thor movie and back again like somebody was just playing ping pong with the movie yeah but both parts of that were very, very fun and quite over the top. Whereas this had parts of it that were massively kind of grounded feeling for a superhero movie, obviously. (laughs) And then other bits that were ridiculously just comedic with some of the interactions. And I just couldn't quite figure out what it wanted to be. And I wasn't sure on it at all. It's difficult to fit a movie mid timeline like that as well, because that whole film happens sort of at the end of Civil War. And Mm -hmm. it is difficult to kind of fit an entire film in especially when the stuff that happens it doesn't seem to ever get mentioned again like she saves uh, you know she practically saves half the world and and nobody notices but yeah I just I I didn't hate it but I don't think it's one I would like buy on Blu-ray and watch again
0: yeah I kind of with you on that Uh, I think when we've talked about this before and I think it's one of those things that had it come out in the actual correct spot rather than them holding it on until the very possible last minute mm. and you know we know what happens to Black Widow now and I do wonder whether it might have come across a little better had it actually been released in the right bit of the timeline as they yeah. were going through the movies but I because i I'd see
1: like the, the hair bleach and go oh well she's already had her hair blonde she'd be better off dying it dark and then my brain went no this is just before she dyes her hair blonde and I was like but then she didn't need to dye the hair blonde I guess they're trying to make the hair blonde dying not her being on the run hair blonde dying but yeah. dying her hair because she's making a new start because she's cut ties with with her past that was haunting her kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like that because you didn't see her sort of change her hair. It wasn't a moment in the film of her saying, I'm making myself a new identity and hair bleach is apparently shorthand for that in, in every movie. <laughs> yes. And So it didn't have any weight. It just felt like an Easter egg that there was this box of blonde hair dye. And I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, maybe if it come out at the time at the right point, it would be less... Sort of jumping around feeling, but yeah, I think just the the tonal jumps for me. I think they needed to probably make the whole thing a bit more on the fun side. Yeah, because I I felt it was just you know it felt like the color had kind of been drained out of mm. the MCU a little bit for this one, and I wanted more with the other yeah like those are these other characters that were very briefly introduced, yeah. and I wanted to see more like more of they could have done more of an ensemble piece with her teaming up with the others and them all sort of getting away together, whereas the other characters were just like, oh, they're in a room. Oh, they're trying to queue. Oh no, they're cool now. They've all yeah. been cured. They're just they're just headed off now. And I was just like, well, what's the point of introducing all these interesting people who have these complicated backstories and these very complicated moral dilemmas because they've spent half their lives being puppeted and controlled and there, there's all these massive things introduced and they're just a plot device to get fixed at the end and then just wave bye. They're all just they're all fine now. And I was like, that felt like a lot of interesting potential for the plot that they just used as background stories and excuse for a sequence of kind of fights that didn't really draw me in Mm. as, as much as you need to if you're just basing it off action And I think Taskmaster, the complete rewrite of that character, I was like, I kind of saw the twist coming on that. And I was like, "Eh, mm, yeah, okay. Again, felt like if you're introducing a character that mimics everyone else's moves, you put them against everyone. Yeah. It was just kind of like, okay, so they're saying that the Taskmasters fought all of the other characters at some point, but we've never seen it in the films. Mm -hmm. If you don't know the comic books, you don't really, you know, they explain it as exposition, but the whole show don't tell thing. Thing went out the window with that, you know? Yes. There was not even any kind of CGI would flashback showing those fights as a montage. There was nothing. It was just, yeah, I fought all your mates already. And mm. I was like, okay, that wouldn't have been a much cooler thing having the mimic fights against everyone rather than just everyone's fights against Black Widow. I don't know. It just felt like a little bit of a, a waste of that character in some regards. But as someone who read the comic books, I'm also not massively fussed by that character. So yeah. I was like, surely pick a better character. Yeah. Rather than one that's a bit weak, but would have been best used against the whole team mm. as a henchman for a bigger bad. And yeah, I could kind of see where they were going, but I did pause a couple of times and go get a snack. I wasn't kind of right. <laughs> riveted and sort of stuck to the edge edge of the seat in in anticipation. Because you know, you know, you know what's happening. The tension wasn't really there. And I think they would have been better off either doing complete origin story or something that happened that led what led up to Black Widow swapping sides, joining the Avengers. That story might have been more interesting, or an ensemble piece with all of them teaming up together and showing all the other characters that they just kind of went high by to in this movie. Yeah. So yeah, didn't quite work. I'm kind of glad I saw it at home rather than in the cinema.
0: Yeah, I mean they have used some of the characters introduced there in other parts of the mcu now but um Mm. not a lot of them so you know i get what you're saying there are characters I would like to have seen more of in that film and just haven't, but you know, they are utilising some of the characters moving forward and you may see more as we move on, but who knows. So
1: anything else? I've been doing a bunch of charity fundraising stuff recently. Of course. Yes, yes. So that's why I may sound a little bit kind of harsh of voice, force of <laughs> voice, whatever those, I don't even know what the word is. I'm a little bit tired, I think it's yes. the phrase. Yeah, I've been part of Game Blast for, for Special Effect for the last few days, so I was playing Sonic Mania for the first time, Oh, nice! which I know is criminal and I should have already played. I've had it in my backlog for ages, so I was playing Sonic Mania, but with the entirety of my viewership destroying my chances of doing very well at the game by sending me jump scares, uh, Sonic (laughs) drowning sound effects, making me wear Sonic hats and ginormous Sonic gloves and (laughs) trying to use my controller with it. So I can't say I can really review Sonic Mania (laughs) based on this experience. I spent most of the time in fear and in frustration trying to control the controller wearing these oversized ginormous gloves. But it it looked like a really good game. It sounded like a really good game. What I could (laughs) see and hear was amazing. Uh, Interaction-wise, on par with Alien Isolation at the moment with the number of jump scares, but I I don't think that's a typical experience.
0: No, I think not. But, you know, you're raising money, which is the important thing, so... (laughs) And you've raised a reasonable amount this time around, so that's good.
1: Yeah, we raised um, 1,690 and I was part of Team Sega and they're well over 20k in total oh, for the awesome. whole team and i think special effects is, is over 250,000 if not more now for the oh, weekend wow. which is yeah which is absolutely phenomenal uh, if anyone doesn't know special effect they make custom bespoke controllers for people with disabilities who can't use you know keyboard mouse and regular controllers they make adaptive and bespoke controllers eye tracking controllers whatever people need so that they can uh, play games and use their computers and, and be part of the community they're absolutely incredible
0: yeah amazing work they do and uh just awesome that you're managing to raise money for them which is brilliant so that's fantastic so uh in terms of stuff i've be doing. There have been a few shows that have uh, come back and started and things ending and stuff. One of the new shows that I picked up this week was Vikings Valhalla, which is the continuation of Michael Hurst's Viking series-ish. I mean, I say continuation, it's set like a hundred years in the future from the original show. So, there's none of the same characters, but it's in the same world and it's sort of descendants of the people from the original show, basically but it's continuing in that sort of history, it's kind of running up to the Norman Conquest, essentially in England. So it starts off with the Vikings having been settled through the Dane law in England, and there's a traitorous turn that goes on there, and uh, really becomes this whole thing of, of there's a lot of stuff which was sort of introduced more towards the end of the original Vikings, of this, this conflict between the Viking gods and the Christian gods, basically. So they, because you're 100 years on, some of the Vikings have now become Christian. There's obviously also people sticking to the old ways. So there's there's that conflict is far more prevalent now as well. It opens by throwing an awful lot of characters at you I mean it's like here's this person and he's called Olaf and there's this person called Harold and there's another Harold and there's like this is the son of somebody and uh, so it opens just throwing this whole bunch of characters at you which is a bit overwhelming when you first start watching it it does settle and after the first couple of episodes people start to sort of bubble up to the top and you kind of get to see who the main leads and who are going to be the kind of main characters moving forward but But it also does have a sort of and here's this person and they're dead. (laughs) You know, there's quite a lot of that going on. There's a number of characters that just get get sort of introduced of like, you know, this big important person dead, (laughs) you know. So there's a certain amount of that going on. Overall, it is very much done in the same style of the original Viking series. It feels very much like it is part of that world. It's not actually Michael Hurst directly doing this. It's a guy called Jeb Stewart who uh, I actually looked up. He was the guy that wrote Die Hard, Jeff Stewart was apparently. Okay. He wrote Die Hard, he wrote The Fugitive, uh, another 48 hours. So he, he wrote an awful lot of quite big movies. And then he has this one TV credit where he is writer, creator, and producer on it and showrunner. So, yes, kind of interesting. I don't know what he was doing in the intervening years because it's like, you know, late 80s, 90s movies are then suddenly this. But he's done a decent job of kind of continuing on that style. Uh, Michael Hurst still involved as an exec- producer on the show and the casting's really good it does just feel very much like something that is set in that world and is continuing to tell this sort of interesting different part of the viking history if you like the original i think you'll probably like this it's on netflix now there's eight episodes in the first season, and the episode lengths are quite varied as far as i can tell they're sort of you know for anything from like 45 minutes to an hour depending on how long they want for the episode they've done a decent job with that i'm about half way through right now but I am really quite enjoying it it's definitely worth going to look at if you like the original one of the things that finished this week trigger point which is the ITV drama about the um, explosive team and this sort of thriller of of you know somebody setting off bombs in London and you're following the team that are trying to stop them doing that basically I thought the finale I'm not going to sort of spoil the finale for anybody but I I mean it does have a twist at the end I thought it was good Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought the twist was maybe felt a little bit obvious and possibly a little bit forced. It's not quite got the subtlety that you might want in a drama like that. I don't think it was quite as clever as maybe it needed to be. But overall, solid enough as a drama. It's not quite line of duty, even though it does have some people involved in line of duty on the show. But it's not quite there. But it is a solid enough drama. And they have announced, they did announce at the end of it, that it is going to come back for a second season as well. So So uh, another show where they're not afraid of like just killing people off randomly sort of here's a character dead. (laughs) There's quite a lot (laughs) of that going on. Nobody is sacred. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Speaking of which, of course, of shows which are are very much in that Vain Walking Dead came back as well. I don't really need to go into a huge amount of reviewing of Walking Dead because we do, of course, do an entire podcast with Entertainment Talk on, on The Walking Dead, so you can go and, if you're into that show, go and listen to the Entertainment Talk Walking Dead UK podcast. But opening episode of the, it's the part two of the three-part final season. They open the episode wrapping up the story which we've been dealing with from the first bit of the season. They're now going into more of the Commonwealth stuff, which is kind of going back to where the books were, because literally the first half of last season had absolutely nothing to do with any of the comic book stuff, pretty much. It was entirely made for the show, but they're now more back on the um, comic book track. So uh, I think that could be interesting at it, and it has a very interesting endpoint that episode as well. So uh, that's been really good. Peaky Blinders returned as well for its sixth season. Phenomenal as ever. I was very interested to see how they were going to deal with Helen McCrory, because obviously she tragically passed away from cancer uh, what last year or the year before her character was still alive on the show so I was sort of interested to see how they were going to handle that and I think they did a very good job in how they removed that character from the show I thought they did it very well and they dedicated the episode to her, as you would expect as well for that that's back it's the final season of it so it'll be interesting to see where they end that and Resident Alien returned as well which is again pretty much a continuation from the first season picks up where the first season left off which was harry the alien leaving earth only to discover that there was a child stowed away on his ship and he had to sort of you know whether he was kind of going to go back and take the child back or not which of course he does because otherwise you wouldn't have a show so um (laughs) (laughs) that's been great as well i don't know whether you've managed to i haven't
1: seen any of it no it was on it was on the list of things you recommended me but i didn't i didn't get around to it I've just been kind of watching mostly stuff that I can kind of watch in the background at the moment I finally finished season two of The Witcher yes, so right. only like 500 years behind everybody else yes. um, yeah. so yeah I was trying to finish the things I'd started watching I still haven't caught up on The Expanse which is just embarrassing at this point ah, yes. I'm on I think I just finished season three I think I'm a couple of episodes in season okay. four I'm still playing catch up with the amount of stuff that's on backlog I'm trying to think if I watched anything else. Ah, I did, however, watch the the second Kingsman movie. Oh, yes. I saw that I was so behind on those uh, in a somewhat comedy turn of events it turns out my mum is a big fan of Kingsman <laughs> <laughs> really and, uh, which I didn't know no yeah and uh, I found that out over the winter holiday and uh, I, it was on the it was on the telly the first one and I said ah oh, Kingswood. and my mum went oh, oh I love that film I was like what was like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've seen the other ones at the cinema I'm going to see the next one when it comes out I was like wait what really <laughs> and my mum just looked at him and went I'm surprised you like that because it's, it's not a comic book film and i didn't know whether or not to tell her <laughs> um so that, that was an interesting one so yeah my mum's seen the, the, all of them i've only just watched the second one she watched the second one in the cinema and she's wow. watched the third one in the cinema so yeah she's cooler than me you know as yes. if that was ever any doubt and um <laughs> i've only just seen the the second one uh which which I, I i i did quite like i thought that i think i prefer the first one yeah i think i preferred the first one i think that the second one. Was kind of it felt a bit like how do we just do the same but more? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was cool, it was fun, but it did have a couple of points where I was like, you're just doing the same thing but just trying to see if you can turn it up to eleven a little bit. So I'm wondering what the third one's going to be like based on that. But I did I did enjoy it. I mean, it's it's preposterous, it's silly, it's not supposed to be sensible in any way, no. shape or form. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by how kind of sort of sweet and wholesome the ending was. That was my only <laughs> kind of shocking point. I was expecting an ending similar to the to the first one with a um um with
0: floating heads well, it... with, with, with
1: regards to, to Exley's oh, yes. relationship. Yes, yes, yes. I remember. I mean, see, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Yes. we're a family um, show. Yes. The, the front door of the house is forgotten. Um, yes. So I was expecting an ending a bit like that because they kind of foreshadowed it. She said, well, if you save the world again. Yes. And so I expected the final scene to be like this really posh, fancy wedding. And uh, a bit like the end of Taxi, the original Luc Besson version of Taxi. Right. Um. I expected a thing with a very posh formal scene with you know the wedding and stuff, and they're late because they're in a cupboard. You know. <laughs> yes. I was expecting that, so I was uh, the most surprising thing about the whole movie, which is an interesting thing to say based on the content of that movie with <laughs> robotic dogs and people being turned into hamburgers, and <laughs> the entire world being held ransom with you know preposterous chemical substances that freeze you, and uh, scenes that look like they are out of some kind of zombie movie containment with people in cages piled like fifty high and stuff. Yes. You know, the thing that surprised me was that he didn't get his end away at the end of the film and <laughs> he actually had a kind of sweet, kind of wholesome feel. I was kind of like, okay okay, all, all right. And uh, the the and, and the I see I was, I don't know if I should say anything that has spoilers in.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yes. I, I, the
1: film's been out for quite a while. Yeah, that is true. There's a bit with a with a character, traitorous character plot twist bit that's kind of standard in every movie, but yeah. they could have checked to see who the traitor was because it's established at the beginning of the movie. They all have some <laughs> gold embedded in their body right yes so when someone says I think that person might be a traitor they just decide not to check so that mm. was the only bit that really frustrated me because I'm like you can check yes <laughs> you could literally check so I think they needed to do something where they looked and couldn't find it and then it turned out it was on the bottom of his foot or something and yeah. that's the way they didn't find it so that was the only bit that really made me just sit there going ah because <laughs> I was like you could easily have written something around that because to somebody going I think that person might be bad and everyone else is going nah let's not check <laughs> just didn't sit right with me with something yes. that normally has preposterous yet fairly intelligent writing
0: yes so. I mean they are fun those, those films uh, and uh, if, if a bit all over the place I mean they have been very up and down in terms mm. of their reviews of them but uh, yeah they are quite fun those films and um, yeah just goes to show add Colin Firth into something and your mum will watch it
1: <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much and uh, also my mum just has a very dark sense of humour like, I, I know I get it from somewhere but it's just still quite worrying when, it, when it's your mum who's sitting there when she's knitting like literally <laughs> she's knitting like little like baby clothes to donate to charity <laughs> right Yes. and um she does that she she, she knits because it, it's something that's helped her through the the pandemic so she sits there and she's knitting these little baby clothes to donate to to give to to new mothers and things that don't have anything because she's just a wonderful human being you know yeah and then also she's like going a oh, Kingsman. i love that especially the bit where their heads exploded. you're like <laughs> oh dear i i now see where i get this and where all the blame should lie
0: yes very much so <laughs> On that note, I think we should probably move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> Quickly and running in that direction.
1: <laughs> Back away from the co-host.
0: <laughs> Here's some TV and film news. So we kick off the TV and film news with the Renault's cancellations and pickups. Only one notable cancellation this week. And even then, I wouldn't actually say it was really cancelled. It was sort of as cancelled, but it kind of wasn't. Another Life, which was the sci-fi series that starred uh, Katie Sackhoff on Netflix, which Katie Sackhoff took to Twitter to say that it wouldn't be coming back for a third season. But in all honesty, if you watched the first two seasons of that, the second season really rather ran things off pretty much definitively. So if it had come back for a third season, it would have gone in a drastically different direction. I mean, the show basically was about humanity's first interstellar mission to the origin planet after this mysterious alien artifact sort of lands on earth and her husband is on earth looking at and trying to work out what the artifact is well she is going to try and make this sort of first contact mission or find out whether the aliens are friendly or not and that's the sort of premise and the arc really of those first two seasons at that is very much resolved at the end of the second season so had they come back for a third season it would have been a very very different show anyway I mean I enjoyed it quite a lot it feels very much like one of those Canadian sci-fis I mean it isn't but you know the sort of thing I mean when I say kind of Canadian sci-fi you know know that type of show it feels very much in that sort of vein I wouldn't let the fact that it would be cancelled after or I don't like using cancelled for that because it really did feel like it came to an end but uh, I wouldn't let it put you off watching the two seasons that are there because if you like those sort of sci-fi shows that are on quite fun it was well put together little sci-fi series on Netflix it's got a solid two seasons and the story rounds itself off so yeah okay it's not coming back again but I really don't think that it necessarily needed to I think it did a pretty good job at at, uh, dealing with it so uh, but that's another life that that has got two seasons and done on Netflix on the renewal side Trigger Point, as I mentioned in the earlier parts Point has been renewed for a second season so that will be coming back Blacklist also renewed for a tenth season so despite losing one of their lead actors is still going strong uh, I think I, I posted this on Twitter and Daryl just posted underneath this show is immortal because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really does seem to have I mean you know you, you had two main leads in that show and one of them left and it's still going so you know They've decided that they're keeping it around, but that will be back for a 10th season. In terms of other news, Indie 5 is apparently wrapped filming. We don't know anything about the plot of Indie 5. We know that it's Harrison Ford back as Indie, and it will probably be the last indie movie that Harrison Ford does. Apparently, some of the set photos showed people as romans so this suggestion that there may be some sort of time travel thing in it but who knows
1: i mean they could have just like fallen into a very fancy party or something
0: yes possibly uh they're apparently sort of roman soldiers wandering around so yeah but
1: do do your parties not look like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) generally not you know
1: (laughs) i'm interested to know if it's if it's actually time travel or if it's sort of insert into a a flashback where they're using it as exposition or what they're doing. I mean, to be fair, after the last one, I I wouldn't put time travel out of the equation. No, no. I'm I'm being far too sensible and their plot isn't going to be.
0: Yes, very much so. Yeah, it's Harrison Ford back. It's got uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge in there. Thomas Ketchuman, who was in Age of Ultron. Mads Mikkelsen is in there. Antonio Banderas, Toby Jones. So, I mean, decent enough cast. Don't know who anybody's playing. It's not Steve Spielberg doing it because he was directing it and then stepped away from it it's uh, James Mangold is the person that was helping the fifth and supposedly final outing of it Um, so uh, yeah we'll we'll see and John Williams is back from the score as well so you at least you know the music's going to be good whatever the films like (laughs) but uh, that has apparently wrapped filming it's due to release June 30th 2023 so we're a while off it coming out but uh, it is at least wrapped photography in terms of TV Shows though, uh, Sister Boniface Mysteries, which is a spin off from Father Brown, that's landing on UK TV drama on the 11th of March, apparently. Uh, so there's that. Blood Season 2, which has bounced around all over the place, because Sky Sky seemed to be a little all over the place with their scheduling at the moment, because we've had things pop up and then literally an afternoon later have vanished again and we've had to take them down and then they've popped back up again and they've moved, and so, yeah, things have been... I don't know what the scheduling team are doing at the moment, but they're all over the place. But uh, Blood Season 2 has now popped up again on the 16th of March on Sky Comedy... I think it was on Sky 1 originally, but when they changed all the channels, they moved it. So it's on Sky Comedy. That's 16th of March for Bloods. That's the medical comedy. Ozark Season 4B, which is the last bit of Ozark, that's got an air date of the 29th of April on Netflix. So that will be the back. And uh, Doctor Who, we haven't got an exact date for the return of the next special because it's a bunch of specials before Jodie regenerates. And uh, the next special is going to... To be Easter, so I think they've said Easter Sunday, but that's not 100% confirmed. But it will see the Sea Devils return, I think, for the first time since John Pertwee, I think, was probably the last Doctor that dealt with the Sea Devils. So yeah, uh,
1: maybe. They're pretty old enemy. Anyway. They're yeah. very kind of underwater dinosaur-y looking, from what I remember.
0: Yes. Interesting that they're bringing back an old enemy, and it's not the Cybermen or the Daleks, which I, I was getting a little sick of, given they've got all sorts of other people they could have brought back. So Sea Devils, I'm quite happy that they're they're doing that again. That should be quite interesting. But yes, that's going to be Easter at some point. We still don't know who the next Doctor will be. We're still waiting for that news to drop as well. There was some suggestion that that might have dropped over this weekend because it was 10 years or something since the... 15 years since the new Who first came on the TV screens this weekend. But no announcement yet. I suspect they won't do it until much later. But um, Do you have somebody you would like to be the next Doctor Who? I don't know. I mean, there's been some... Interesting suggestions floating around. I know Ollie Alexander has been kicked around as being a possible name. I don't see that. I don't think that's likely partly because I think he's way too b- back into his music right now mm-hmm. and I also think he's a little bit young for it. Yeah. So See, I
1: still want to see people from The Curse of the Fatal Death, the uh, Red Nose Day special. <laughs> Actually brought on. I want to see Joanna Lumley or Rowan Atkinson actually yeah. made canon because I thought they were amazing.
0: Yes, yeah. I mean, Rowan Atkinson, I would, I would absolutely love either would be phenomenal. Completely different ends of the
1: the spectrum of how to play the character, but I think they would be incredible. I would, I mean, Rowan Atkinson. If we had a, 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 a I ima- mean, imagine if you could almost tie it in like Blackadder was the next reincarnation of the Doctor, almost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a, a sort of a, a slightly. Nicer version of Blackadder, but the, the sarcasm, the wit, the just the every now and again, you know, the companion messing something up and the oh god kind of <laughs> reaction. Yeah. Like, I think that would be phenomenal. And I think that they're missing out by not just looking at things like that and, and sort of I'm at least approaching those actors. Yes. I, I just, it would be amazing. I want a super sarcastic doctor who yeah. had so many really nice, quirky ones. I want one that's just just pure british sarcasm
0: (laughs) i could deal with that yes definitely that would be awesome one of the names which has been floating around is Russell Tovey, mm-hmm. who is brilliant. And I think mm-hmm. he would be quite interesting. He's right sort of age for it. And he's a great actor. And he's worked with Russell T. Davis before. So that I could stand to see. But, you know, there's so many possible choices. I have great faith in Russell T. Davis that he will pick somebody awesome because he generally has done a great job in the past for it. So, yeah, you
1: If know. you're listening to this, Russell T. Davis, Blackadder <laughs> Doctor. We've had the Donna Doctor. We need the Blackadder Doctor. Doctor.
0: Yes. Make it happen. Yes. I think that would be brilliant. Um, speaking of things you'd like to see as a TV show I did have one question because there is a lot of video games being made into TV shows right now Um, Mm -hmm. I mean the the list is ridiculous and these are only some of them but you know you've got Fallout coming to Amazon we've got the Halo TV show coming to Paramount Plus Last of Us The Witcher which I know technically is based on the books but is sort of also based on the video games as well so there's that there's a, a Resident Evil animated and live action thing I think coming to Netflix in the animation Front. Cyberpunk has got an animated series. You've had Arcane League of Legends, which have got great reviews. Castlevania, the Cuphead, of course, right recently. So is there anything in terms of games that you'd be really interested to see made into a TV show? I'm amazed no one's tried to do something with Golden
1: Axe. And I know that's probably quite a random curveball to throw out there. <laughs> but we've had a lot of stuff that's, you know, dragons and sword and sorcery and magic's kind of becoming a, a, a big thing again, you know, yeah. it's since the Lord of the Rings movies. It's become a staple of TV and it's gone much more mainstream. And you know, you could have your, your ragtag crew of your three different heights of hero, um, <laughs> yeah. as they are color coded, as they are on an epic journey to try to free the land from Death Adder who'd probably have to wear slightly more clothes and laugh slightly less. But nevertheless, I think that it's quite surprising that no one's picked something up like Golden Axe, because it's such a strong franchise. Mm. I, I mean, it hasn't got a huge amount in depth of the story, but I've never seen that stop anyone before. That is <laughs> true, yes. And you could add a lot to that backstory and you could expand on it as well. So, I, yeah, I, I keep thinking like things like that, because we've seen such a resurgence in things to do with retro games getting New leases of life in, yeah. in game format, things like Streets of Rage Four, and uh, a lot of a lot of things like that are, are, are kind of like doing really well at the moment. So yeah, I'm surprised no one's looked at the back catalogue of kind of adventure fantasy style games and picked up on that. I'm amazed no one's made another series based on things like like well board game style rather than computer game, but but Dungeons and Dragons as in role playing games. Well, yeah, um, I mean there is the cartoon series that, hasn't yeah.
0: had a reboot. I mm. I'm amazed Dungeons. And and Dragons is one that there's been talk of them doing films. I mean, there were there were some awful, terrible movies that have been made in the past. I think they, there you is... They don't speak of that uh, yes. <laughs> uh, the, There is supposedly a, a series adaptation underway for Dungeons and Dragons. They were uh, and they were talking of doing something for it, I think. Because it's what? all
1: there. There's literally well, yeah. character sheets, statistics, uh, diagrams, drawings, the entire history. History. It's like things like like 40k. You know, There's basically everything you need as a screenwriter to to put a series together. Exists to make some very expansive worlds, and um, yeah, I'm amazed we haven't had TV series based on these kind of tabletop games, which is totally not what you asked. You were asking about computer games, but um, I, well, I've just uh, ignored I... the brief slightly and <laughs> got off on a tangent. Um, who would have thought? Who would have thought? It, yes. um, but yeah, these these things, like you have it, a lot of RPGs as well. RPGs have entire art books, character sheets, things like this. Yeah, I, yeah. I, we had a couple of Final Fantasy sort of movies and and cartoon anime series and things but I'm amazed that no one's kind of picked up on a world like that because there's so many other stories you can tell in the Final Fantasy world because it's this beautiful phenomenal the creature design the world design you could make other stories in those worlds so I'm kind of amazed that people haven't picked up on those kind of game RPGs either tabletop based or computer Mm. game based to make into TV series
0: yeah the Dungeons and Dragons series and, and I mean that that's the most obvious one and it does sort of transcends the sort of board gamey type thing cuz i mean there have been video games and stuff based around that. Derek Colstan who was writer for the John Wick franchise was developing a series pitch for it. But last thing i heard about that was like january last year and it's sort of been quiet ever since so whether that's still alive or not i don't know. But i mean in terms of the rpg stuff the amazon is rumored to be looking at a, a mass effect tv series. Oh that would work which again, you know, has has the background to it as well. Yeah,
1: Mass Effect is an excellent choice and we are well placed at the moment with the success of things, including including things like The the Expanse and um, mm-hmm. Altered Carbon and other series like that. So we're very well placed for something like Mass Effect to do well.
0: Yeah, and I know Paramount have got halo and that does have a sort of history to it but i just think the detail in the storytelling of the mass effect franchise is much deeper than something like halo so uh, yeah, halo sorry, is halo focused fans, on
1: but... on wartime kind of narratives. yeah So, it pushes the narrative in a particular direction. Whereas the world of Mass Effect, you can step sort of slightly adjacent to some of the main cast, or you can look at the world as a whole and you can make any kind of story you want to make in that world because the main protagonists are far more versatile in what they could be doing.
0: Yeah so rumoured to be looking at it uh, I don't think it's, it's not been like green litter or anything the ones I mentioned at the start are ones that we know are definitely coming or have landed but that is sort of rumoured to be in development as Amazon Dragon Age as well I think if you're going to look at the sort of sword and sorcery stuff mm. I, I, Felicia Day did do a sort of web series like a six episode web series called Dragon Age Redemption which was sort of based in the Dragon Age world but I think uh, you know an, an actual full TV series based around Dragon Age again because it has all the world building stuff in there already I mean that would make quite a lot of sense to do something around that and the other big obvious one is a completely different sort of genre but I mean if you, Western if you were going to do a Western you could easily pull up the Red Dead Redemption stuff because there's a huge amount of backstory in that as well
1: I mean you could pretty much just make that as a machinima the the graphics are yeah. so beautiful in Red
0: Dead Redemption you could pretty much just
1: film it in game yeah. and uh, just do some jiggery pokery to, to to do some facial manipulation for the, for the characters yeah I think you could do that fairly cheap
0: yes you probably do. I would still love Disney to actually get out of the current setup where they're obsessed with doing shows that are based in the current timeline and actually do a Knights of the Old Republic TV series. I know
1: that I think a lot of people would be happy if they did that.
0: Yeah, I know there's talk of them doing movies and things, but I mean they're doing the High Republic comic books, which you know is a slightly different timeline again. But I think if you were gonna do some think for a TV series it would make sense to, to even if you did it as a sort of one-off mini-series that just told the story of the sort of first game and Knights of the Old Republic I mean apart from the fact that anybody that's played the game knows what the twist is but Knights of the Old Republic as a TV series I would really really love to see and it would be something slightly different to all the stuff they've done before
1: There is a distinct lack of lightsabers in the current series
0: for obvious reasons and we yeah. could uh, redress the balance by having a series that's just full of them Yeah I mean I, you know, because it allows them to throw a bunch of lightsabers on screen. And, you know, I think people do like seeing Jedi. So that would be a wonderful idea. Monkey Island is another one which I would love to see as a sort of half hour comedy thing. I think that would be brilliant.
1: Yeah, I think there's a few point and click adventures that you could look at and say, actually, that would make a pretty good comedy series. I mean, I throw, if you don't know, throw Monkey Island in there, I throw Day the Tentacle in there as
0: well. Well, yes, that is true. <laughs> make yeah. a
1: cartoon series out of that. I think I think that could be quite
0: amusing. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see a live action Monkey Island series, because I think that could be brilliant as a sort of live action comedy pirate thing. I know we've got our Flag Means Death coming out on HBO Max, which is Takita Wahiti's pirate series with Blackbeard and stuff. But I think Monkey Island would be a really fun license to be able to pull uh, one other game that popped into my head was We Happy Few I thought might make, make a quite interesting one which I know you played as well it's,
1: it's an amazing dark world and there's a couple of films I've forgotten the name of the film this is now going to drive me mad until the next time on the podcast when I'm just going to yell it randomly but there is a film that was made in sort of the late 70s early 80s I think and it's got some some stuff in it that's incredibly similar to We Happy Few mm. uh, and uh, it was a pretty cool film. I've forgotten the name completely, which doesn't help our listeners whatsoever. So I, I kind of like I'm pushing in the direction of We Happy Few might make a good movie. Yes. Rather than a T Or a limited series. Yes. Like a, like a three or four part or a film, I think, for that. I love the ideas. I Again, I I, you know, I love the kind of dark world building that they do there. But I'm not sure you could run that into a, a long running series. I think it would need to be something
0: quite contained. Yes. Yeah, that's... I mean, a mini series, yeah, maybe for that. I think or- it would be awesome though yeah that would be a really interesting one to do and it is a brilliant game so there's a lot of stuff out there there's a lot of stuff coming i'm very intrigued to see what else they sort of the fact that they're actually mining video games for things and in some cases they are just mining them for the name and they're changing them quite dramatically but i mean you know the last of us looks like it's been fairly faithful the halo series i know they've changed some things but that I think looks like they've done a decent job and it's already been renewed for a second season. I'm very excited to see the Fallout series come. So, I
1: think there's a lot of things that can be done. I'm going to throw into there as well because we were talking about them earlier on, right? What about some series is based on things like Theme Park and Theme Hospital about incompetent <laughs> people in comedy worlds trying to run businesses or you're just <laughs> trying to run a hospital. It's a one-up from Scrubs, isn't it? You know, it's take all the realism out and just have people with ridiculous comedy A and comedy machines going wrong and and things like that.
0: A live action Two Point Hospital would be really interesting because that has the sort of yeah. bizarreness of the kind of evil genius weird contraptions and these strange diseases. It does.
1: It's, it's the spiritual successor to the to the theme hospital series in, yeah. in every way uh, which is why I liked it. And yeah. uh, I, th- I think you could make a really fun comedy series about a sort of perfectly regular standard world human that has to go and work in yeah. a hospital or a theme park or whatever it is like Two Point Hospital style as the kind of Audience insert of them just being like, What on earth is going on here? A little bit like he had in, is it Galaxy High? You remember that cartoon? Oh, yeah where you had some earthlings going to the alien high school. Yeah. And wacky hijinks ensued. I think that kind of format can be can be quite fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like the idea of that. So I'm uh, very interested to see what else pops up. We are sort of hurtling towards the end of February, start of March. And then April, May, we start to sort of get more and more pilots and, and things pop up. So uh, I'll be interested to see what kind of pops out later this year. But uh, lots of interesting video game stuff coming up. So we'll sort of let you know if we hear any of those adaptations or if any of our ideas, particularly things like the Mass Effect series, if they do decide to move forward with something like that. Moving on to some actual news this week, there's been a new cast announcement for the Heart series. Lyric Ross, who was a standout star on This Is Us, she has been hired for the Ironheart series, which is starring Dominic Thorne from Judas and the Black Messiah, centres on Riri Williams, a genius Inventor who creates the most advanced suit of armour since Iron Man. Anthony Ramos is also set to star in it as well. Lyric Ross is thought to be playing Williams's best friend in the series. I don't know the Ironheart books particularly. I don't know whether there are any ones that you've actually read.
1: I haven't read them, but if I remember rightly, they came out to quite mixed reviews. Right. But I don't know where they've gone since then.
0: Right. So, so that's
1: all I can kind of remember at the moment. But I mean, you know, I'm always a fan of more more Iron. Man. Man
0: suits why not yeah They're good fun yeah it would be interesting to see how that sort of lines up against iron man and we said before they seem to be heading towards the potential for doing a sort of young avengers lineup whether that actually happens or not but you've got a sort of version of Iron man here you've you've got a younger the Hawkeye in there as well with Hayley from the Hawkeye TV series so mm. I, I think that they're, they're sort of building to a point where they could potentially do a young Avengers either TV series or movie I think I think that would be cool yeah and you've got miss Marvel as well of course coming out so
1: I think it might be nice to do something like that and to bring those younger characters in I mean look at you know we had series for for DC like young justice and those were amazing to the point where that cartoon series had massive petitions to bring it back for its finale. So definitely I think they could follow in in the footsteps of that as Marvel and DC obviously uh, keep an eye on what each other are doing. And um, yeah, I think that could
0: be quite good fun. Yes, I think that could be quite good fun. Moving on to our last story this week, Outlander has got a prequel series in development just announced before season six gets its launch in March. It's coming in a few days. The potential new series comes from the current series showrunner Matthew B. Roberts, who would return as showrunner and EP. Ronald D. Moore would also be returning as exec producer with Marley Davis as well, and uh, they will be running it. And it will be tourship Productions and Sony Pictures Television behind it. So it's basically exactly the same team that would be doing the prequel. They haven't said what the series will follow what? The book author did recently announce she was working on a prequel novel, and it seems rather likely that she's working on a prequel novel given the main series follows the books, then this will also follow the books. Uh, The novel centres on Ellen McKenzie, the eldest of the children of Jacob McKenzie, chief of clan McKenzie, wife of Brian Fraser, and mother of a certain Jamie Fraser. So it's basically Jamie's mother that it looks like the show will focus on. Presumably it will have some timey-wimey stuff going on because that's sort of the whole purpose of outlander in there as well so i would assume that they're going to introduce some of that somewhere but main show returns on stars play this march uh, it's based on book six it's the series has already been renewed for season seven and that will be based on book seven there are nine books in the current series but she is writing a tenth so i mean although they've announced a prequel series it may just run alongside the main series. It may be, I mean, I hope they keep the main series running to do all the books and this runs alongside it rather than being a replacement, but we'll we'll see. Did you watch any of Outlander? I know it's not got spaceships in it, but it is a sort of sci-fi thing.
1: I, I haven't seen any of Outlander because it doesn't have spaceships in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got time travel in it though. I mean, okay, it's not, not spaceship time travel. They do it by like touching these It's, like, it's on the potential
1: list of long things that I uh, do not have time to watch at the moment.
0: Would you recommend I watch it? It is a good, solid series. Yeah, it's very, very well written. It's well cast. It's got a good amount of humour as well as sort of Scottish bravado and a little gory in places, but not overly. But yeah, overall, definitely, definitely worth a watch. It's very, very well written and put together. And it's Ronald D. Moore. You need to support Ronald D. Moore. You know?
1: There you go. I am sold. So yeah,
0: at the moment, the prequel series is in development at stars so if it moves forward it will be stars play in the uk and stars in the usa but uh we'll have to wait and see whether that actually comes to fruition or not that's all the news we've got for this week just some time for some highlights for next week on tv So highlights for next week on TV, we have the problem with Jon Stewart returning. I put for season two, but I'm not sure whether they're doing it as seasons, but it is back. It's Jon Stewart doing his topical TV stuff again, where he picks sort of one topic and focuses on that per show. It is actually going to go out weekly rather than sort of an ad hoc when he feels like it, which is what he did for the first four or five episodes. 3rd of March, that is landing on Apple TV. So if you're a fan of George Stewart, you'll find that there. The Dropout, which is inspired by the ABC News podcast of the same name, which stars Kate McKinnon and uh, follows the rise and fall of the company Theranos. That is also on Disney Plus on the 3rd of March. That lands. Joe vs. Carol, which is the, the scripted version of Joe Exotic, Tiger King. That is coming to Peacock from the 4th of March, so you can catch that there. The Boys Diabolical, which is the animated series set in the world of the boys, which has a whole variety of very strange, different animation styles from sort of Hanna-Barbera to manga anime kind of things, as far as I can tell. But uh, 4th of March for that, and that's the Boys Diabolical on Prime Video. Star Trek Picard, that returns for its second season. That's on the 4th of March as well. And that is on Prime, not being held back for... uh Paramount Plus to launch that is going on Prime and staying on Prime for the moment and that's on the 4th of March Central Park Season 2B that's returning to Apple TV on the 4th of March as well Outlander as I mentioned earlier back in March that's coming to Stars Play so it's not on the main Amazon it's on Stars Play instead that's on the 6th of March Shining Veil also coming to Stars Play which is a horror comedy that stars Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear looks quite funny that there's been trailers floating around for that but that's on the 6th of March the Great North returns for Season 2, that's on the 7th of March, that's the animated series from the creators of Bob Burgers, that's on Disney+. Plus. And The Witchfinder, which is a new comedy. It's a half-hour comedy series. It's coming to BBC Two on the 8th of March at 10pm. It follows a witchfinder and his suspect on a road-free road trip through England, gripped by civil war, famine and plague. It looks like it's going to be very, very funny. It's a really fun-looking series. Stars Tim Key and Daisy May Cooper in the lead roles. And it's basically this sort of witchfinder that has this really, really irritating so-called witch that he's having to transport and has been stuck on this road trip with. That looks like it's going to be really good. That's on BBC2 on the 8th of March at 10pm for that. So uh, lots of interesting stuff around. I'm sure The Boys Diabolical will be something you go and look up.
1: Yeah, The Boys and the next season of Star Trek Picard are definitely on my list.
0: Yes, definitely worth watching. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see what they do with Picard, particularly as Q is returning in that season as well. Well,
1: we've got to watch it for that, if nothing else, and they know it. <laughs>
0: yes. So in the meantime, if they want to find you, where can they find you? I stream full-time on Twitch as Trista Bites, spelled. Bytes,
1: because I thought I was being funny and forgot podcasts exist, where I'd have to spell it every single time. <laughs> and I stream a bunch of Indian retro games, also some Tomb failure, as I like to call it, to set yes. your expectations correctly for the original Tomb Raider games. And uh, we talk about a bunch of 80s and 90s nostalgia and general geek nonsense over there. I've also got a YouTube channel under Trista Bytes, which has got interviews of indie game and indie comic book creators. And I'm on all the social medias as Trista Bytes as well. I'm easy to spot. I'm a Muppet with purple hair.
0: Yes, yes you are. So uh, (laughs) you can go and find Vex over there on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites with -um Om For other people involved in the show, go and find Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots more podcasts, including The Walking Dead podcast, which we're doing together on Wednesday, so you can go and find that there. Daryl is over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV shows that you love, which are shot in Canada. For us, you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week to see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast.geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at Geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown on instagram at Geektown UK that is everything we shall see you next week Bye-bye. Bye bye bye